2: Welcome to episode 119 of the Sports Yak. My name's Corey Mann. That's Chuck Freebie.
0: And this is the Bobby Thompson episode. Bobby Thompson, BT to his close friends. Bobby Thompson, who hit one of the most famous home runs in baseball history. The shot heard around the world. 1951 Giants and Dodgers in a one-game playoff. And Thompson hits the home run off Ralph Branca to win it. The Giants win the pennant. The Giants win the pennant and he had 119 home runs in his big league career. Putting you on the spot,
2: top three favorite sounds in order. The home run sound, the kicking of a football, the basketball going through the hoop without hitting the rim.
0: One home run sound, two swish, three kicking of the football. You've been listening to top three sounds.
2: It was a good segment. (laughs) I don't have your script in front of me.
0: I'm sorry. That's all right. Let's just go for it. Well, let's start with Major League Baseball. Yes. So a week ago, somebody wrote an article saying the Cubs are ready to run away with the National League Central. We will see if they have the lead in the National League Central by the time today ends. They've gone on the road and they have stumbled twice. Monday was Pedro Strope doing Pedro Strope things, and that's not good. Mr. Crooked Hat gave up a two-run lead in the eighth, and the Giants beat the Cubs 5-4. Last night, the Cubs rallied. A run in the seventh, a run in the eighth. They've tied this baby up at four. It goes on to the 13th, and by the time you get to the 13th, Joe Madden had kind of run out of options, and he trots Brad Brock out there. No one smelled what the Brock was cooking? Well, breaking Brad was what Pablo Sandoval decided to do because he cracks the walk-off homer. And the Giants, well, they don't win the pennant, but they win the ball game by a count of 5-4. to So San Francisco's been really good since the All-Star break. The Cubs have been really bad on the road. They've only won five road games in their last 21 tries. And Chicago now with the mere half game lead over St. Louis in the National League Central. And this roster has so many holes in it right now. I I don't know what Theo Epstein expects Joe Madden to do. Now, I will say I was critical of Madden in Monday's episode because of the way he handled Addison Russell. Who's he supposed to trot out of the bullpen right now? Right. To to stop anybody. Did you read the uh, Javi Baez athletic article? I have not. I saw it was on there talking about the art of the tag. And Very just enjoyable. letting Javi be Javi. And in
2: spring break practice, taking those 105-mile-an-hour pitches from the cage and practicing that move over and over again. I thought, well, obviously, because it's working.
0: But that's the thing. I mean, people don't understand the behind-the-scenes things yeah. that players do. To get better and the dedication to the craft I was that also they have.
2: Very surprised. Nine seasons and he's 26 now, so they got him in the organization when he was
0: 17 years yep. old. Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: Did, did he start at a farm league? Oh, or, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: He didn't just come up to the big leagues right away. Woo!
2: It's like Happy Gilmore taking the uh, pitch right to the chest. Oh, that's going to hurt, but it's going to make me a better player. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Now, I keep leaning on this thing you said on Monday about they've they got to win five on the road of the nine. Well, but we're, we're not
0: off to a good start. We're, we're two down. Afternoon game today, you got John Lester on the hill at Oracle Park. So, you're trotting your ace out there. Let's hope that he pitches like one. Uh, Darvish didn't pitch badly last night. Gave up four runs in six innings, but I can't say that he was bad. I mean, it's not going to go down as a quality start. Actually, the bullpen was very good last night. They made one mistake and had to pay for it. Again, Major League Baseball is typically a race to five. If you can get five runs, you typically win the game. And the Cubs game have come up one run short each of the last two nights.
2: Okay. What else you got?
0: Well, the, the Tigers continue to stink, and I just wonder how many of the Detroit Tigers that have any kind of talent will still be around by the end of the trading deadline. Trading deadline comes up on July 31st.
2: Next week, uh, next Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, I believe. Wednesday.
0: So next Wednesday is the trading deadline. The Washington Nationals are pursuing bullpen help, as is just about every other team. And Shane Green is dead in their sites. He is the Tigers closer. So he could be gone. Uh, The Cubs, as we talked about on Monday or after Nicholas Castellanos, I think Miguel Cabrera may be the only thing left in Detroit by the time this fire sale gets over. Uh, The White Sox lost last night 5-1 to Caleb Smith and the Miami Marlins. Only two hits for the White Sox. And uh, the alarming trend for the White Sox has been the fact that they bring about as much power as an Amish electric company. Uh, They just have not had any kind of extra base hits this year on a regular basis, and it seems to attack in droves. So last night they were fortunate enough to put one run on the board. After putting on a pretty good power display against the Marlins on Uh, Monday night, so good that the uh, the Marlins' Twitter tweeted out, bro, we are not having any fun here right now at all. (laughs) Just keeping it real. Just keeping it real. And uh, it was interesting to see the kind of interactions they had with other major league teams and things like that. The people who handle social media accounts for baseball teams God bless them. You know, you got to sit through 162 games and come up with stuff. And, and I think a lot of them are, are very original and good at their craft.
2: Yes, I would agree. Before we move out of baseball, I had asked you about uniforms. Yes. And I think it was Engelberg that said in the original Bad News Bears, "What are we going to get our uniforms? You've got a phone call.
1: You've got a phone call. Pick it up right, now.
2: right right now, you've got a phone call, you've got a
0: phone call. Oh! Hello, gentlemen, it's your friend Tommy Lee calling.
2: Tommy Lee?
0: Hello, gentlemen, it's your friend Tommy Lee calling, answering your question about uh, favorite and least favorite baseball team uniforms. Favorite uniform for me, of course, would have to be the current White Sox jerseys, because I just love the way they look. And least favorite, probably the horrible brown and yellow softball jerseys from the San Diego Padres back in the 80s. I have news for the Tommy Hawk. Uh, The brown and yellow for San Diego apparently coming back next year in 2020. Now, I don't know if it will be that Taco Bell uniform that they wore back in the 80s that he kind of refers to. Uh, The,
2: The Taco Bell uniform. It kind of looks like the inside of a burrito, if you think about it.
0: A little bit. Brown and poopy. Uh, The old Dave Winfield uniform, as I like to refer to it. Uh, Tommy's a White Sox fan. God bless him. Um, I'll let him have his day with the White Sox, but no, their uniforms are not the best in baseball.
2: I don't like how the Sox is stacked as a logo. I would rather have it across a left to right than a, you know whatever i made some notes i went through a ton of uniforms current uniforms yesterday
0: mm-hmm. and 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 by, by the way the survey has to do with current uniforms cuz i'll tell you my favorite white socks uniform from back in the day okay was the red pinstripe that they had on a white uniform back in the day when they had uh, when they had more of a red and white color scheme okay that was my favorite white socks uniform
2: here are my notes uh from yesterday. I think that the Washington W looks like the Walgreens logo.
0: It yeah, it's stolen right from it. Yeah. yeah. Uh however, in in their defense, that was a W used by the Washington Senators back in the day.
2: Okay. D backs immediately make me think D Bag. The
0: they have the worst set of uniforms in Major League Baseball. You're, you're the saying, Arizona right. Diamondbacks far and away, because they can't decide what their colors are. Right. And, you know, one day they're they're scarlet and gray and black, and another day they're teal and gray. And it's like, figure it out. I do not mind the Braves jersey. Okay, which one, the home or away?
2: Uh, it'll say Braves, a thick red, and then it'll have a tomahawk.
0: I don't mind that. It's okay. The Best Braves jersey was probably back in the 70s, the early 70s, when they had uh, Hank Aaron and Dusty Baker and Daryl Evans with 40 homers each in 73. That was a great Braves jersey. I like the Giants when it's black, solid black, with orange highlights. I like the Giants. I I know some people think it's drab, but I like the Giants' road jersey with the interlocking SF Mm -hmm. on gray, just very classic
2: I don't mind the Orioles bird head logo on the hat, but I don't like the rest of the uniform.
0: Really? No. You don't like the home white Orioles uniform? No. Mm, I disagree with you on that one. Despite being horrible, I don't mind the Detroit D. What? You mean the team being horrible, right? Yes. I I like the big D. Because I'll tell you, that old English D and there is something I don't know what they use in the in the white that makes up that uniform, mm-hmm. that creamy white. That to me is one of my top three uniforms in Major League Baseball. Just because I mean, yes, you you see players in it today, but you can picture uh, Al Kaline in it or Norm Cash back in the '60s. You can picture Hank Greenberg wearing it, or Charlie Geringer back in the 20s. I mean, it really hasn't changed all that much, and I think the Tigers on the road keep their uniforms fairly classy as well.
2: I don't mind the Oakland Athletics green with the yellow logo. I wish their pants were either green or yellow, not white.
0: No, no, wrong. You're wrong on this. Oh, am I? Because the green, I mean... The A's probably have the best overall set of uniforms historically. They were really the first in the 70s to break out the color rush. Okay, They had the golds, the greens, uh, the whites, and then the traditional road grays. And, man, that, that was groundbreaking in the 70s. What I don't like now... Is when they go with the all greens, that's just.
2: And when you be- say all green, are we talking head to toe? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've not seen that.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's not much difference between all green and Walgreen, and you look like you should be going for some pharmaceuticals when you. I think wear that. the
2: yellow pants should match the yellow part of the logo. I think they should try that.
0: Well, yeah, it should match the logo. Mm -hmm. But I think the A's have one of the the great uniform combos.
2: And here's a big surprise. I like anything the Cubs wear. I'm okay with anything.
0: Well, there was a time where the Cubs had those hideous blue softball-style jerseys Hmm. for their road jersey. Back in the uh, early 80s, 84 Cubs. If you look at the jerseys that they clinched in in Montreal, eh, that wasn't... That wasn't a good look. And then back in the 70s, they had those pale blue with the pinstripe. And part of the problem then was the guys wearing those pale blue and the pinstripe weren't so good either.
2: Not a huge fan of the, uh, the little cub with the baseball bat from years ago. I've seen that one kind of float around on nostalgic hats. Not one of my favorites.
0: Now, if you're going to ask me my top three and my bottom three overall. And I am. Let's start with the bottom three. Arizona. The worst. Okay. The absolute worst. No business whatsoever. The Miami Marlins. What are you doing? I mean, okay, I get the whole you're trying to do the Art Deco Miami and you're looking a little bit like the Dolphins, but again, make up your mind. What are you doing? And then the San Diego Padres, their current uniforms are just so bleh. They're so bland.
2: Isn't it just Padres it's across like, the chest it,
0: it, in it, like a boring font? It's a boring font. It's like eating tapioca pudding. That's what it is. It's like and I guess that's what watching the San Diego Padres is. It's like what, eating tapioca pudding. Right. You just get done and it leaves a taste in your mouth and you say, "Oh my god, that's Padres baseball." <laughs> now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> top 3. That's
2: actually what I'm going to start doing anytime I have a horrible meal now. My God, that's... That's Padres baseball. That's (laughs) Padres baseball right there. All
0: right, top three that you love. The Dodgers. Okay. Home, road, classic. You know, the Dodgers, and and remember, they got those red numbers underneath the blue back when they were on black and white TV because that stood out a little bit. Okay. And it's just... A classic look. They haven't messed with it. The interlocking LA logo on that blue cap on a sunny afternoon in Los Angeles. Oh, it's beautiful. I told you, I like the Tigers. I like that classic look. Um, so I'm, I'm a sucker for the tradition. But then my number three would be Oakland. My number three would be just the fact that the A's, Charlie Finley was such an innovator. He really started the color rush, and I think the best era of Major League Baseball uniforms was back in the seventies. You had some, you had some great, colorful uniforms back then. Now, some people might say, "Oh, looks a little too corny. It looks a little too flashy." It's all right, yeah. I'm 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 good with
2: that. So if you're listening carefully, neither one of us did not mention the New York Yankees or the New York Metropolitans.
0: Well, you know, first of all, the Mets, I mean, they're compared to the Yankees, they're very boring. Yeah. They're boring. They're a boring organization and one that I don't have much use for. All right. The Yankees, of course, are classic. I mean, the pinstripe jersey. The New York uh, that they wear on the road, again, very similar to the Tigers. You can picture Ruth or Garrick or any of the other Yankee greats wearing that same uniform that they have on now. Boy, what a game they had last night, too, against the Twins, 14-12. to 12. And if you get a chance, go on the Twitter machine today okay. and check out the catch that Aaron Hicks makes to end the game out in center field. Twins had two on with two out. They're trailing by two in the bottom of the ninth, and Hicks makes this diving backhand stop landing on the warning track in left center field to win the game for the Yankees.
2: If during that uniform ranking segment you were squirming because you didn't hear your favorite or worst favorite or whatever, five seven four two one zero seven nine five zero. Leave a comment, a question, and uh, you might make it on the Yak podcast.
0: Be happy to hear from you. Next? Next, let's talk football, because Notre Dame single-game tickets go on sale tomorrow night at 6. You can purchase them by going to und.com slash buy tickets. There are three tiers of games this year for the Fighting Irish. Okay. Uh, You have your $45 games. Those are like New Mexico Bowling Green, there's one other one. It might be Navy. Okay. You have your $65 games. That's like uh, Virginia, Boston College. There's one other. Then you have USC. USC tickets themselves are $95. But in order to get a USC ticket, not only do you have to spend the $95, You have to buy tickets to two other games and make a one hundred dollar contribution to the Rockney Annual Fund.
2: Hmm. So ultimately, if all goes according to plan, you're talking uh, about dropping four or five
0: hundred dollars. You're talking about dropping at least three hundred fifty per ticket. Okay.
2: I remember back in the day, a former leprechaun told me Mm -hmm. that none of those ticket sales. It would happen without a $1,000 donation to the the fill-in-the-blank.
0: Well, it used to be you could not get single-game tickets for Notre Dame. They were all season tickets, and then some might be turned back in, and if you went to the ticket window on game day, you could get yourself a single-game ticket. Now you have 81,000 seats, and they've priced themselves out of a range so now these single game tickets pop up. They'll go quickly for some of the games. But yeah. I I have not experienced in my lifetime until the last couple of years seeing ads for get tickets. Yeah, I've been for seeing football.
2: That, especially this year. I've been seeing that pop up a lot. And you know what? For the for the game atmosphere, you gotta find a way, Chuck Freebie, to get in front of of that screen and have it not sitting behind you because I think it plays such a prominent role in the development of the game. Right. When you're sitting underneath it, which I did one game this last season, it was a horrible, horrible um, afternoon for me. Really? Yeah. I just felt like I was out of it. You, you, You see things happen and then like Pavlov's dog, the entire stadium looks your way and up. And I had to do the old, I mean, literally turn around and look up to see, all right, what, what are we watching? And so
0: the visual of Touchdown Jesus off on the horizon was not enough for you. In the 80s. But this what I'm saying, is this is how the stadium has changed with yes. the placing of this video screen. Yeah, this one video screen right, on the south end. Well, you're not going to put it at the north end, because if you put it at the north end, what happens? You block
2: Touchdown Jesus. That which ain't is- happened. And whoever's up there and uh, What's-His-Face's office
0: watching the game. Father Hesburgh. Yes. What's-His-Face. Only um, <laughs> the most influential person at the university of the last hundred years. What's-His-Name. Sorry. It's been a long night. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of it's been a long night. So, you go and you make a pilgrimage to Grand Rapids, Michigan to see what group? Electric Light Orchestra Jeff Lynn's ELO Let me just say this I think You know how I feel about Boston Mm -hmm. I feel like they are Greatly underrated And they are one of my favorite groups And I would put ELO in that same category I don't think they get enough Credit for what they have done And I think they're really really good
2: I think they're really really good Your wife uh, made a mention On one of my posts last night Chuck, after that show is done, I was in such a state of euphoria musically. I will immediately, in my lifetime, put it in the top three shows I've ever seen. Really? I'll go U2 at the Hoosier Dome, Joshua Tree Tour. I'll go uh, Van Halen for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, 1991. Still one of my favorite bands. And this one will now be 2019, Grand Rapids. Chuck, it was the best audio I've ever heard at a concert I mean as far as everything was balanced for to perfection play. everyone had a role to play and it, I mean it, oh, I'm even getting chills even talking about it and I, you can't name too many artists that leave you with well, they didn't do two or three hits because every song was a hit and you got there were certain points of the show where you're like oh my gosh I forgot about that one and he'd roll that out. He did uh, Handle With Care, Traveling Wilburys. Yeah. And brought out George Harrison's son, Danny, to sing his part. Oh, okay. And then he had some guy that's in the band that had a perfect Roy Orbison kind of vibe and did his part. And then they went super nostalgia and put it up on the screen showing footage. And it was it was a cool moment, but... I couldn't. I couldn't sit down any longer when uh, "Don't Bring Me Down" came up. Well, of course, that place was rocking. Ninety minutes on the nose, everything you wanted to hear, and leaving you wanting more. So I'll say this to you, Chuck Freeby: Figure out a way to get your wife over to the Windy City on Saturday night and see it. Wow, it is, and the even the light show. I I couldn't get my head around how much was so much as thought into this very outer spacey, you know, with the well, cool yeah, logo. That's the
0: that's kind of their whole vibe.
2: When they did Turn to Stone, all these stones in outer space are coming at you. Just little little things, you know, shine a little love. The, what the laser show during that was just mind-blowing. It was so so good. So good.
0: Top now, 3. Where are they playing in Chicago?
2: United Center.
0: Oh, okay.
2: And if I'm not mistaken, as we record this, I'll go to my game time app get in the room however you can $66 reasonable very reasonable for a concert of that caliber yeah yeah decent seats decent seats $66 you'll you'd blow a gasket if i told you how much i paid for what i'm i paid for for saturday night uh-oh <laughs> last night was 167 a piece wow and i went with my buddy tom we were uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Ten rows up on the side. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. We are three rows up on the side on the other side of the arena this Saturday. Okay. 2.42. Ooh. Happy birthday to me. I guess. <laughs> and, my, and my buddy Chris. So, yeah. It's, dude, it, and he sounds, he's, he's 71, 72. Yeah. From Liverpool. You hear the influence, and he's still got it. He's And, he, and the whole band, they are just, oh, it's so good. Well, Don, so good. Don
0: Henley just turned 72 the other day.
2: Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's an eagle. So there you go. There's my review. Fantastic show. Fantastic.
0: By the way, did I surprise you there with a little bit of music knowledge about Don Henley? A hint. 70? A yeah, hint of it, go. yes.
2: I believe it was part of one of our morning... Uh, Trivia things that we actually didn't use. Okay. Life in the blank lane.
0: Yes. (laughs) Really makes you lose your mind. Kind of like this show. Uh, Training camps are getting underway, too, for NFL teams. I want to throw this out there for the Maniacs. And you can feel free to respond on Twitter or give us a call on that phone line.
2: 574-210-7950.
0: Who's going to have the better season, Bears or Colts?
2: Great question, I'm going to lean Colts. I would, too. Now, I, although here,
0: I'm a Bears fan, but I think the Colts are due. Here's the thing. I have heard that the Bears defense should not skip a beat with Chuck Pagano coming in replacing Vic Fangio as the defensive coordinator.
2: Chuck Pagano, by the way, previously at?
0: He was previously a Colts head coach. That's right. And uh, cancer survivor Chuck Strong. In fact, the Bears and Colts combined for a big fundraising event last spring. So, we expect the Bears' defense to be good again. We expect the progression of Mitch Trubisky to be good. We mm-hmm. expect uh, Matt Nagy's offense to really kind of hit full speed here in year two now that people know it. And I think the Bears are a very interesting team and, and perhaps a dark horse to make the Super Bowl this year.
2: I think we're going to see Khalil Mack actually eat another player. I'll
0: just put that out there. Uh, Will he season him first?
2: I don't know. It will be a
0: game-time decision. All right. Uh, As for the Colts, you know, it's very rare in this day and age of the NFL that teams come back as an entire entity. Mm -hmm. But Frank Reich appears to have 21 of his 22 starters back from last year.
2: How do you feel about the pastor of disaster?
0: I saw a smirk and a smile. You're, you're dropping that one on him, huh? <laughs> the pastor of disaster. Well, hopefully, it won't be a disaster no. in Indianapolis. I Ho- mean, in a good way. You know, a, a lot of this, a lot of the Bears and Colts depends on the durability of their starting quarterbacks. Can Andrew Luck stay healthy? Mm-hmm. Can Mitch Trubisky stay healthy? Certainly, with the improvements that we saw in that Indianapolis offensive line last year, led by Quentin Nelson you would expect luck to have another good year. I I like the way that defense is coming around for Indianapolis. I think they've got some pretty good depth and that should be an interesting training camp to see how many of those veterans they have 47 players back from last year's 53 man roster. How many of those veterans can hang on to their jobs? And of course in the Bears camp, you know, the big question Will be who emerges as the receivers and can they find a kicker? Where do the uh, Colts train at Grand Anderson?
2: Park? And Anderson. This has them in uh, north of Westfield. I don't well, see. they
0: might have. They may have moved. They may have gone to Grand Park, which is right there in the Westfield area. Lots of eateries in that area. So, yeah. if you decide to go down, it's it's right off thirty-one. It'd be a a quick little less than two-hour trip to get there. Yeah. Pre-Carmel, pre pre-Westfield right there on the right.
2: hmm Once you get past Horton ears of Hortonville.
0: Sorry. But you've been to NFL training camp before. I've been
2: to the Bears training camp. I think it's fun. It was hotter than Hades the, the two times I went, but they've made it more fan-friendly. I told you we're going next Friday. At least that's the plan. Mm-hmm and at the local goodwill in bourbon a the day before you can get a ticket to get uh in the autograph line they're going to keep it to a limited number so right. it's not over the top you get in line about a half hour before practice ends and they don't promise anything but you're in line you have your stuff ready
0: you know can you take your cell phone with you in line and get one quick question with the person that you're getting an autograph with and then bring it back for the yak. yeah instead of an autograph can i ask you a question I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't either, and I think that should be your project for the act. Okay. If we go. Okay. Hang that one out there. Lauren Daigle, whom you know we play. Yes. Superstar. Well, you didn't see it that way, but okay. Is playing Lollapalooza
2: (laughs) in the lineup on Thursday night. Really? Really? Friday night, they've asked her to stay over and do a post-Lollapalooza show at the Vic Theater, which I've been invited to through the record company. Oh, aren't you something? She plays at midnight. Wow. Because they want it after the whole Lollapalooza. Right. They want it later that night. She plays at midnight. Practice on Friday
0: is 8 a.m. It's a lengthy day. Lengthy day. It's kind of like my day today. Tell me more. Well... Wake up a little early to be in because somebody's still recovering from ELO.
2: Don't bring me down.
0: And so I was up at 430, and then we'll be driving to Cincinnati today as Mary goes through just routine checkup. Don't don't worry about her kids. How long does that fine. drive? It's uh, Well, it'll be extended because I have to go through Dayton and drop off boxes to the kid that's down there. Oh, okay. So five, six hours? Uh, it'll wind up being about five hours. Okay. The route we're taking. Mm-hmm. Um, Might I suggest a podcast to listen to? I think I know one. Okay. Also, uh, today, <laughs> I, I don't want to be remiss because I know she listens to the podcast sometimes at double speed. Happy birthday. Happy 90th birthday to my mom, Beverly Jean. I love
2: that lady. She Her stock
0: went up and to the right with me when she showed up at the funeral. Well, she we we've talked about this. She's a she's a longtime Sigsby follower. Yeah, man, the woman gets around. Oh, she does. Well, she's on Twitter at ninety. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! She'll Instagram that joint.
2: You guys have a nice little thing planned this weekend for her. Yes, we do. Okay,
0: might I ask if she is throwing out the first pitch? No, I don't believe she is, but I don't know that for sure. Okay, have you put a call in? I have not. I think you should, perhaps.
2: Just a bit outside. (laughs) (laughs) A ninety year old throwing the first pitch out. Come on. That'd be one for the ages. It would be. It would be. All right. Have we covered everything? There was there anything else? I don't think there's
0: anything else that we necessarily need to touch on. Oh, Mark Sanchez retired. Well, that happened a while ago. I thought it was just him hitting the
2: old five years ago Facebook memory thing. but he, <laughs> Actually, he's going to return. And he's going right to the, what, ESPN booth or whatever. I think he's
0: going to be working on ESPN college football coverage with... Uh, taking, Palmer? Taking taking over the place probably with Jesse Palmer, yeah. Ugh,
2: could it get more handsome than those two together? Yeah, it could. Oh, okay. Really who? Name a name. Uh, me. And with that... <laughs> Five seven four Don't be afraid. Leave a comment, a question, who you are, where you're listening from. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode on the Apple podcast. iTunes getting ready to go away. I know. It's pretty wild as we change technology once again. You can find us on Twitter at Sports Yak with 2Ks. the Yak with 2Ks at gmail.com. Chuck, you're on Twitter as well. I am at 46Sports. And how long? Until high school football.
0: We are just oh my gosh, the countdown continues here. We are thirty Yeah, thirty days away from high school football.
2: Until next time, sports fans. Oogalooga, Heine Manoosh.
0: Oh, why why is my old friend Snowshoe Slednik?
2: Oogaloo, Clutch Cargo.
0: Oogaloogle to you, Snowshoe. Come on in. Spinner, I want you to meet
2: Snowshoe Slednik and his dog Snowball. You've heard me speak of them.
1: Yeah. I've always wanted to meet you, Mr. Snowshoe. Do you really have days and nights that are six months long, Mr. Snowshoe? Oogle-oogle. What does oogle-oogle mean, Mr. Snowshoe? Later, Senator.